Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Footballers Season 3, Episode 14. And we have one of the OGs with us this week of Footballers, Wise FIFA. Wise, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. It's a pleasure to be back. Like I mentioned earlier, first time I'd actually seen Paul in video, and so it's already off to a great start this holiday season. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should have been recorded for that, but uh, yeah, Wise came in and said, Paul, you look exactly how I thought you would look. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment <laughs> or not. It is. Uh, you need yeah. it to be. <laughs> I'll yeah, take just, it as one. Yeah. Welcome back, Paul. How uh How's this weekend been going for you? I'm sure you've been busy. It's been good. Um, there's been a little bit too much content. Is that is that something? Is that a thing? Yes. Too yes, much it is. content. It's sort of put me off a little bit. If um, if I'm honest, I've sort of backed off just because I haven't been able to keep up with it. So I haven't tried really. I say I haven't tried. I've been trying to keep up with as much as I can, but it's it's just been a lot. And when you start losing loads of coins, it just you just like ah fuck this. Have you lost a bunch of coins? Oh yeah, who hasn't? I haven't. I haven't. I've I've been doing okay. Luckily, I also have been doing all right. <laughs> you can all fuck off. <laughs> Stay away from the big shit at the minute. That's that's the the best advice I can give you. Matt, have you done any massive amounts of trading this weekend over Black Friday and all this crazy content we got? Yeah, not like the volume that you were doing at the beginning of the game, but relative to what I've have been doing, I've been trading quite a bit actually and i'll save the nuts and bolts of it for the segment we're going to do later because we've got some uh, beginner tips for trading in this current environment as one of our listeners reached out to us and wanted some help so we're going to go there but yeah loosely speaking but smaller is, is better at the moment smaller more volume works well for me staying away from the big stuff yeah size doesn't always matter right paul is that what she tells you <laughs> i say i managed to not lose any coins this weekend it's probably because I just didn't do anything this weekend. I didn't really touch FIFA. I played one game in Rivals, but I mostly just watched the World Cup, kind of kept up with content, opened some of those 10-coin packs, which some of them were pretty nice. I know, Mets, you got a pretty good pull out of a 10-coin pack, didn't you? Yeah, so we were on voice chat last night playing a bit of Modern Warfare 2. 
me, Hunter, and Jason from the Discord, and I was like, I'm just going to pull uh, the 10 coin pack whilst these guys are fucking about setting up their weapon loadouts, and pulled an 89 informed Joe Cancelo, so... Son of a bitch. That particular slice of Black Friday's worked out very nicely for me. If, if I get nothing further from it, that was pretty good. Yeah, it's a, that's a huge dub. Really good card. And for 10 coins, nonetheless. Is it tradable or is it untradable? It's untradable, right? It's untradable, but for 10 coins, yeah. I ain't saying shit. Right. All those cards are worth it for 10. So, Wise, how many of these 100 card packs did you open? <laughs> I opened zero. I'm still, I'm, I was scared to open one of those packs. I had, I'll flex and say I had the coins to do it, but ooh, was I nervous. Uh, and, and having seen some of the you know, influencers on the Twitter timelines going through and seeing their packs, not worth it one bit. Now, at least in my eyes. Paul? One. But okay. let, me, let me clarify. I don't usually spend money on this game. Oh, you did it. And my club were looking a little bit dry. Oh. So I thought, just through ease of doing SBCs, with the chance of getting one of these cards, I spent however much it was, 22 quid and I opened one. 20 quid were it, something like that. I think my best one was Robertson. Oh, yeah, see, that's what I saw. I saw Chew Boy did the same thing. <laughs> I got like four four or five walkouts, loads of fodder. Well, well it's 20 quid, and I spent a lot of time on this game. 20 quid, it's, it's fuck all. Um, but, and I think FIFA, val- uh, FIFA point value, it was actually pretty good. Like, coin-wise, absolutely ridiculous. But when you look at some of the other packs, I think it was, it were pretty good. I think there were another one that, Looked pretty good. Were they 81 times 15 or an 83 times 15, something like that? Uh, yeah, lightning round. But yeah, the amount of packs that have been open, the amount of money that's been spent this week and lightning rounds, we've never seen anything like it. It was it was just crazy. It, I don't know if they sell more or not because I didn't notice. Usually lightning rounds back in the day used to sell out. Nowadays, yeah. not so much. That's what I was going to ask. Did, did we notice any difference in the amount of time that lightning round packs were available and did it, I guess, did it increase over time? So basically were people buying them early on and did they kind of slack off or were they just not buying them from the, from the rip? Did you notice any of that? I noticed that some of the better packs, like the 86 star player packs, a few of those, a few more of those got bought. I think people were a little bit more calculated in when they spent the when they spent the FIFA points. But yeah, they were just all the time, loads of mad packs. It were just, it were crazy, which meant supply were crazy. Yeah, I was going to bring up the point. Do we think like, do you think the casual FIFA user kind of even understands all of the variety of packs as they've been, I know what, last year, FIFA 22, they were really testing out, okay, what can we get by with these abbreviated packs? This year, you know, what is it? 86 star plus, but then you only get five other players. Is that as enticing to the casual FIFA player as maybe the roll at the dice of the traditional 50K, 100K packs? Yeah, I think it fools most casual players, to be honest. I mean, the, the titles of these packs are often very misleading, in my opinion, especially those those 86 star player packs. It's usually 86 dog shit, like one 86 dog shit player and the rest junk. And it's often overpriced, in my opinion. But it, it doesn't help when we have content creators and, and big Twitter accounts tweeting out misinformation, such as these new... What are, what are these? We got Path to Glory World Cup cards. Now we have Road to the FIFA World Cup cards, which some people were tweeting out that they were live, and they are indeed not live cards. They're just one-time upgrades that won't be upgraded later on. 
And I think a lot of those cards were inflated early on because there was a lot of confusion around them. And now we're getting new things coming up. I saw Foot Sheriff tweeted out yesterday, there's these World Cup moments cards that are coming out. So there's four or five different variations of of the same style of cards that all look different, only one of which is live from what I understand. Is that correct, Paul? And that would be the path to glory. That's from what that's from what I understand so far. But a lot of people, I think, at the price of some of these cards, I think a lot of people did think they were live early on. Maybe some people still do think they're live. Um, but yeah, that's what people were thinking early on. It's so confusing um, with all these. You know, we're pretty switched on when it comes to keeping up with this stuff. But for you, um, I was speaking to my brother-in-law the other day, and he's a very casual player. He just had zero idea. Um, and one interested, he said, oh, there's just that many cards. He said, I don't keep track. So if it's the one I like, I'll see how much it is and I might buy it. I don't really keep an eye on whether they're live or not. Well, it's a pretty important thing to look at, especially when you consider the price. For sure. Well, what do we think about, uh, we'll start with you, Wise. What did you think about this new Road to the FIFA World Cup squad that they put out? Are there any shockers or any surprises in your opinion? I don't, I feel like they were trying to skirt the line of, Having, I think they've listened to feedback in the past where people have been like, okay, don't just give us the same 11 players or, you know, don't keep regurgitating three or four players and then drop in some randoms. I thought they tried to bring in some players from leagues and nationalities that can make the game more interesting. I always, I also thought it was funny that they just started dropping people in from nations like the Qatari guy in the first, uh, in the first batch that just don't have a club. It's just also their nation. So I, I, I guess I kind of like that as someone that likes to build weird squads. To, but at the same time, I don't know if this batch two really hit. I, I, I agree with a lot of the people I've been seeing on my timeline that it's maybe not as it's not as juiced as you would like to have seen, or maybe some of the, the caliber of players that that you would have liked to have seen to keep people engaged as we move through the World Cup. And you're you're referencing the Path to Glory cards, right? The live yeah, the live cards. Yes, the live ones, the ones that are red and blue yeah. and green, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what what about the uh, LSU themed cards? As the Americans will get that one. Oh. The uh, <laughs> who got embarrassed by A and M last night? Um, yeah, that's neither here nor there. What about the the new cards? The FIFA Road to the World Cup cards, the purple and yellow ones. Did anybody stand out to you from that squad? You know what? I think I'm I'm with Paul's brother in law in this case. I think I might have gotten so confused about which one of these individuals are even which one of these are like you know synopsis or predictions. Uh, we talk in, this is not the, is this not the uh, Mbappe and Mane SBCs? Or is that the same card you guys are talking about? Yeah, their impacts now, they came on Friday night. Okay. Um, yeah. Mbappe, Son, I'll get the team up now. Gotcha. No, then, so this is the team. Suarez, Modric. Right. I think the reason, I think a lot of people believe that these are live is because the only way that, to me, you can justify four and a half million for 93 Mbappe is if he were live because his 92 inform is under 2 million. And you mean to tell me that a plus one is worth more than a hundred percent of his current value of the 92. I just don't understand the price of that card. Well, the market that takes the price, right? It's not, not EA who was suggesting that it's four and a half million card. The market is enforcing that price. But if the market is misinformed about said card and thinks it's live, wouldn't it be higher than the standard upgrade? Yeah, it could be. So, I think most people though who are dealing those kind of coins around kind of know what they're doing, right? They should know that that's not a live card, real realistically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is a crazy. Yeah. That is a 
it's a little crazy ridiculous. premium when you look at the rest of the team and it's like okay is that sun actually really worth 630 but then after that it drops dramatically the, the top end is is never worth it though we all know this from the years that we spent in this game that mm-hmm. 90 nine ninety eight percent of the entire player base is worth diddly squat and then you're paying the multiple millions for maybe one or two percent if if less than that really um to get that elite level card that might only be slightly better than the previous iteration you're paying extensive amounts of of coin for because there's nothing else to to spend it on i guess once you're at that point Ah, very true well I, i think that going back to the original question about this team I do think this is a, a better a better team of, of comprehensive players that actually are included in this. Love to see like a Wijnaldum. And then the Nunez is good. So I do think there's value on the low end for some of these guys. But to your point, I mean, Mbappe and Son, even that Modric, I don't know if that's that's worth it. Definitely not that Werner, even though he's a beast. I mean, we've all been Werner at least once or twice in FIFA 23 so far. So <laughs> yeah, I, I still have my Werner bias. I'm trying to keep people off of it. For 70k, he probably uh-huh. is worth it, but he's not worth it. I was going to give a shout out to Wijnaldum because I think, I mean, a card like that, I think he has 97 stamina with those stats. At this point in the game, it's still relatively early to have a card that's that good with 97 stamina who can goal, you know, the full 90 minutes for under 70k. To me, that's a bargain. Corona is five star, five star for 26k. That's another really nice looking card. Suarez is always really good up top when he's got boosted stats. But yeah, it is kind of like more of the same, right? It's it's Son, it's Mbappe, it's it's Werner, it's Marquinhos. So they, they did give us some variants in the squad, though, which I like. And we'll probably continue to see more cards as we're recording before the uh, content drop today. It's it's just about 40 minutes before content. So we'll see what happens. Mets, mm-hmm. did you play any weekend league this weekend? No, no, I didn't. I, I've i played some rivals, as I've been committed to doing so, whilst I'm sort of in and out due to my lack of enthusiasm for this World Cup content. And the gameplay was just so muddy. Like, I felt like I had massive input lag all the time playing rivals for some reason. And I don't know if that was at my end or if that was just the state of the servers. I, I honestly don't know, but it wasn't fun. But now that I've experienced a bit more since we've had the recent patch and sort of gotten to grips with the gameplay, the amount of goals I am scoring and conceding per game has gone through the roof. Like my formation and system used to be so watertight and I was used to like nicking one or two nil wins. And I had a sequence where I played like five rivals matches yesterday and drew three of them in a row, four, four, three, three, four, four. And most of those goals were coming in the first half. And from my anecdotal experience, kickoff goals are well and truly alive again now. Like the amount I have scored and conceded of those is is pretty ridiculous. And I guess that's something to do with them making explosive players more effective. And that includes off the kickoff because your team's half asleep when, when the game restarts and they can just burst through the middle. Very hard to stop. So that's annoying. Yeah. So I can't commit to playing weekend league at the moment under those conditions. It's, it would absolutely drive me crazy. Yeah. Paul, you were probably the most engaged as far as gameplay and content over the weekend. Did you end up playing weekend league in some capacity? Yeah, I've just finished it this afternoon. And let's talk about rewards. We haven't really spoke about the rewards, have we? That's kind um, of what I was alluding to. Yeah. So I know this week people were sort of outraged a little bit at the new reward system because we're no longer getting Team of the Week cards and now we are going to get golds or promo cards in our player picks. And instead of a Team of the Week pack, 
you get now five gold rares of a certain rating and above. People didn't like that, where although I would have preferred just outright promo cards, we can't really do that at this stage, I don't think. So I do like this option because when you look at the team of the week we used to get, I looked through my reds, and I'm sure when you look through your reds, they've zero value. I've put reds into marquee matchups before just because there's there's no value to them. They're, they're useless. Um, so this just opens a, opens a door to be able to pack a gold Mbappe, a VVD, plus the promo cards that are in packs or heroes or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd rather that than the team of the week just dictating every week where the chance to get in that one decent card that's in team of the week is slim to none. Um, you know, how many times have you packed the big card out of team of the week? So you'd rather go from playing blackjack to playing roulette with your, uh, with your rewards <laughs> in the, in the FIFA casino. The game well, has changed. I would just rather something that has some value or, you know, something that'll get in my team, you know, and the way the rewards are now, I'm much more likely to get something that, or I'm more in with more of a chance of getting something that's in my, that's going to fit in my team than team of the week. Team of the week, we say it every, every other week, team of the week is so outdated, something needs to change with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand still how we're having this conversation we've had for the past three, four installations of FIFA now that, they haven't switched the code on for these foot champ rewards to be able to be used in some of these higher level SBCs. Any SBC that requires a special card, let alone a team of the week, you should be able to submit your foot champs player. I mean, I've been, we've been saying that for four or five years now, or however long. But uh, So I agree that there needs to be some steps there. I don't know if the average... I don't know what the average player would like. Do they like the, the, higher, the, the higher probability or the lower probability of getting a good card, but still a better array or would you like the guaranteed team of the weeks? I don't know. I think that's a, that's one for the listeners. Well, we did run a poll on the, on the Twitter, the footballers Twitter, and we got some feedback 84%. Well, the question of the poll was the new FIFA 23 foot champions awards during the world cup makes me want to play champs blank. And the choices were more than before or after the world cup. And 84% of the people said they would rather play champs after the world cup. Of course, I think we should run that poll again in hindsight because I've seen several uh, streamers and, and creators on Twitter that got like uh, Icon Zidane, the World Cup Icon Zidane in one of his player picks. And I've seen a few more icons being packed in these, which, I mean, if that was you, yes, of course it's worth it. But I just, I want to know the odds on that. You know, how many people are actually going to get something that good, that usable. But I figure if you get an icon from World, from, from playing champs, to me, it's worth it no matter what icon you get, right? I do think there was a myth, just real quick. I do think there was a myth that the player picks were only gold players. Uh, uh, I did see that. Like There were people who were like, oh, it's only 84 plus gold players. So the fact that that's not the case, I agree with you. Maybe you need to rerun the, the poll. Yeah, and originally, though, the, the way they announced it, it did, I mean, a lot of people perceived it that way because that's all they said. They said more to come, right? But initially, it was just going to be red gold players, basically, um, which to me, no thanks. Like, I don't know. But again, we've said this 100 million times, but if you're playing the game only for rewards, you're probably playing it for the wrong reason anyway. Well, that's kind of why I've been disconnected with foot. I just needed a break. I think I grinded swaps way too fucking hard, way too fast. 
and I've just been playing a little bit of Call of Duty instead. Paul, you've been more of a steady grind, and it seems like you're still enjoying the game, which is probably, you know, that goes to my theory that if you play this game too much, you get burnt out and you start to lose interest in it. And it's hard to get plugged back in. Like I'm kind of in that transition period where I'm just like, okay, when do I plug myself back in? You know, when do I put my feet back in the water? And I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I think when you play too much, it's really, really easy to get frustrated in it. And I think that's what probably kills that, just that frustration. Cause then you come back in for a couple of games and those same things are happening that frustrated you beforehand where I, um, I haven't really been getting that frustrated with it. I've been quite enjoying it. And I've I've been playing a fair bit, but not not masses. I've played masses today trying to get these fucking swaps done. But um that just just some of that I just want to get out of the way now so it's done. Yeah. Let's transition into Black Friday because we didn't talk a ton about Black Friday earlier. This one felt a little bit different than previous Black Fridays. I felt like there was way more packs in the store. Um, as far as like value packs, right? We talked about the 10 coin packs, but there was tons of, of flash SPCs. I feel like the flash SPCs were going on for like two days. Am I wrong? I mean, they started like Thursday night, my time and went all day Friday. And then there was even some yesterday. So I felt like if you're a content and a menu guy, you absolutely had a great time this weekend because they gave you all you wanted. Plus some, I mean, if you were able to keep up with all this and do all these flash SPCs, you got way too much shit in your club, in my opinion. Did you uh, did you stay engaged with this stuff, Matt? Uh, a little bit. I think we've we've touched on this previously when they started releasing all this World Cup content in addition to now Black Friday, where it is really difficult to sort of stay on top of everything that's going on. Like I get um, tweet alerts to my phone when uh, EA Sports FIFA account tweets something, and it was going off several times a day yeah. because of flash SBCs and this and that coming out. And it's just like, you know, I, I have a life. I'd like to disconnect from FIFA just a little bit at some point during the week. And uh, that was hard to do, but having too much or, or plenty is definitely better than having not enough. Right. So I can't complain in that respect. For, but for me, it's, it's difficult to sort of dial into something that was particularly worthwhile and a focus of worthy of my time when there was such an orgy of content and offers going on there wasn't like one big standout thing that everyone should go to perhaps with the exception of the 10 coin packs you should absolutely do those if uh, you were around when they were launched because they're on for a limited time but most of the stuff you could take it or leave it you know the flash sbcs weren't particularly paying out amazingly high value or worthwhile packs in my opinion and there did seem to be a focus on draining your club of rare gold which is where that a hundred uh, gold pack that they put into the store comes in because I bet there was a lot of people who needed to retop up those cards because every SBC needed rare golds, it seems. So you'd have a shitload of non-rares that you could do nothing with and probably ended up discarding a lot. And rare golds, every time you got a dupe, you could recycle them into a different SBC. There was um, plus 81s, plus 80s all the time. So I reckon a lot of people went rare gold broke, which has actually had a good impact on the market. We'll touch on a little bit later. But if you trade on the sort of micro level, there is some value in there now because there's there's a lack of them all of a sudden, or certainly more demand than there was before, particularly with people wanting those cards for, for World Cup um, squad battles and stuff like that as well. So for me, it, it was a take it or leave it thing. If you had the time, great. If you didn't, I don't think you're, you're overly missing out. This was a, a period where the people who were prepared to put their coins into packs or buy FIFA points it would have probably worked out quite nicely for you, but the flash stuff and everything 
hit or miss. Not a big deal for me. Yeah. That description was a hit though, baby. Oh my Lord, Matt. Jesus. Talking about orgies topping off. Oh my God. <laughs> Missed that. Yeah. Missed that in my life. My FIFA content makes me want to play I'm, again. I'm flexing my thesaurus, baby. Yeah. It makes me want to play <laughs> some kind of play. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would agree as well as someone that's probably in the same boat, leaning definitely towards Hunter and, and Matt. The, the SBCs this year, kind of like some of the packs, the, the rewards are what? The 83 plus Spanish, German, Brazilian players. It's like, okay, I guess, but does that maybe shut off some of the market when they're getting so narrow with some of these flash SBC rewards? Just something for them to consider. I do think it's a good idea to get some high value players, valuable in gameplay and probably SBC links. But I don't want that to segment the foot market so much that it's like, okay, well, I'm only going to do these SBCs if I think I'm going to get a popular player from a popular nation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I did love Matt's uh, word selection there. Orgy of content. It really slapped. Um, let, let's keep going with this trading in the market environment stuff, Matt. I, I want to talk about trading tips. You brought it up earlier. You know, to me, I feel like the methods that I've kind of instilled in, in my trading game early on still works. I feel like it's always going to work. Um, volume, just small chunks, you know, flipping mass quantities of cards for modest amounts. And when I say modest, I mean... Even if that means you're going to net 750 to 1,000 coins, if you do that 100 times a day, and it's not very difficult to do, really, if you, if you just set your mind to it and take an hour, hour and a half, fill up your transfer list, you could easily make 100K a day, which is usually my goal when I'm trading. What, what other types of tips specifically would you recommend to new traders, traders wanting to get into the market and make coins so that they don't have to dip into their wallets? Sure. So this has come about because one of our listeners, uh, Jack Sanford, hello Jack, reached out to us on the Football's official Twitter account. And he's been listening for a little while, but he's an inexperienced trader. Uh, I don't know how many coins he has, but I'm going to presume he has relatively low coin balance. So just wanted some newbie tips to, to get going on trading. And it got me thinking about the way that the market is at the moment. It's very different to the one we started off in where it was hard to make anything out of very low value goals at the beginning because there was just so many of them. Like the the, the demand was greatly below the the volume of, of cards that were available on the market with 10 plus million cards being on sale at any given time. It was hard to make coins out of anything that was say below 84, 85 rated. It's different now. It's different because Players are building new teams to do World Cup uh, squad battles, so they're looking for low-value cards for those World Cup countries. It's more demand because rare golds of all sorts of values are going into SBCs, particularly this flash stuff going on during Black Friday. So the gold market that was previously dead at the micro level is alive and kicking right now. There's also really good value in cards that have position changes because even though there's that SBC where you can get position change uh, cards through submitting a team of or, or the single bronze player to get the position change card, people are using more of those because they're having to apply them to uh, World Cup cards to go into those squads. So they're effectively having to position change players more than once. So all the stuff that's previously been available in an enormous influx of volume is slightly less so now. So if you do searches on the market for cards that you know will be popular, particularly from a World Cup nation that have obvious position changes that are 
advantageous. For example, there's two cards that I can micro trade dozens and dozens of times per day, and I'll make at least a thousand coins a pop. And I'm putting out no more than 1500 coins a time to buy them. One is Zielinski from Napoli. He position changes from CAM to CM. You can buy him for between a thousand and fifteen hundred coins, sell him for like up twenty-nine, three thousand coins, dead easy. Rinse and repeat all day long. Sergi Darda, Spanish player, he starts off at CM. You can convert him to CAM and CDM. Again, pick him up for a thousand to fifteen hundred coins, sell for three K over and over again. It's such easy money and so so low risk. So it's perfect if you're an inexperienced trader on a low budget. And there'll be plenty of other examples of that. If you just go through Footbin, load up um, rare golds, for example, between a certain rating, say 80 to 82, and look for ones that typically midfielders are the most popular. You can also do wide players as well, because pretty much every wide player converts from, say, left mid to left wing or right wing to left, uh, sorry, right. <coughs> to add in as, as Matt's recovering from, from his hot and bothered language is do you, Paul, or even Hunter, Matt, everybody involved, see a time of day type of situation where you, do you, when you're flipping these cards, are you flipping instantaneously, like within the next minute, or are you holding them for a couple hours waiting for either supply to die down or demand to rev up? And I'm talking like, oh, okay, maybe it's 6 p, a little after 6 p.m. UK people are at home playing their games in, the, in Europe. Do you see a time that you really cater towards or is it more just instantaneous flips? No, I just put them up for like an hour and uh, every now and then you might have to relist them for another hour, but they usually sell pretty quick in the first uh, listing. But Paul's got a um, a system where he lists up cards to coincide with potential release of SBC. So he'll list stuff just after 5 p.m. So they're sort of top of the list just after 6 p.m. when content drops, Paul, if you want to sort of go into that as a, a potential tip for people. Yeah, so actually, this actually screwed me over on um, Friday. I have a spare account, um, and I told some of the guys in the Discord to buy English gold right mids and left mids, um, and the same with French. Um, so I did that on my spare account, listed them all for three hours, sort of for lazy, somewhere between 2,000 and 4,000, 3,000. Um, some of them went to 5k. Um, so I sold loads for 2000 and they've gone to 5k because I just listed them. So you've got to be a bit careful for that. Um, but if I've got just random stuff in my club, um, golds, and I've got space on my transfer list, I will list them for some time. If you know, if they're just normal random golds that don't often get used for a lot of SPCs, I'll just list them for double the price, um, at five past five. And you get a few sales. And if you do that every day and you make a thousand coins on each card, you know, you can make yourself an extra sort of 10K, 15K um, a day just from listing stuff that's in your club. Uh, with, with valuable positions like left mids, right mids, cams from popular nations, I'm a bit more careful about those because they can shoot up at six o'clock, you know, by two or three thousand coins. But um, mostly. Um, it's just random stuff I've got in my club I'll list up or I'll list fodder that I've invested in for lazies at that time because the SPC comes at six o'clock. A lot of people are just in a panic to buy 
So they'll just buy the next one that's ticking over on the transfer list. So you might get a three, four, five thousand K, three, four, five K lazy. Um, on on fodder as well. I feel like EA absolutely nailed it on Friday uh, when it comes to all this supply that we got. Because we had that Hero SBC that um, came back around um, and we could do it again at 6 o'clock on Friday. Um, and they also dropped the Messi SBC. So everyone's thinking all these packs are coming. Fodder's going to absolutely die. But a lot of fodder didn't. A lot of fodder went up. We saw 88s go to like 65k, which were just insane. Um, yeah. And, and and it were a good move as well, getting content to start a bit early. I think content started at like 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon. It was a weird time, yeah. Yeah. So I said to some of the guys in the Discord, you know, there might be an opportunity to buy these 88s beforehand. They didn't drop a lot, but there were some coins to be made before 6 o'clock. Um, but yeah, there were so many coins available when there's all this this amount of supply. It's just knowing knowing where to look in it, um, and especially uh, ahead of. Uh, sorry, Paul, I'm just cut you off. But especially ahead of footness coming up with all these SBCs. These are this next week, two weeks is a great time to practice these these tips and tricks before we really get SBC heavy. But go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. The the biggest coin maker for me this weekend has been. An hour after the big lightning rounds where lots of people have opened is mass bidding on fodder. So our mass bidding on Ruben Diaz's, which were selling for like 65k, and I were getting some for 35, 45, even 50k, just because there's that many cards listed, people it, the game just can't show them to everybody. Can't show all the cards to everybody, so you can just get on there. And you know, it's monotonous and it's it's boring. But you might but be bidding easy. on it is easy though, yeah. You might be bidding on 30, 40 cards at a time, just going up and down, putting another bid on, putting another bid on. But um I probably made a couple of hundred K, not not long at all, which helped cover some of my losses. But you know, the, the coins were there to be made. It was just time. And I was busy Friday, so I didn't have a lot of time. Uh, but I did manage to make coins in, you know, just it's just picking those time periods as well. I probably did it between uh, 7 o'clock and quarter past 7 and then did it again at 9 o'clock till quarter past 9 and made those coins. Yeah, UK time. time. Yeah. Yeah, UK time, yeah. <laughs> And I was listing for lasers as well because lasers on fodder were absolutely crazy on Friday. People just doing SPCs, panicking. Just this year, just buying for my fodder buyers here, Paul and Mets. Are you feeling? And I've done this in the past too. I'll say that at the moment, my trading style right now is absolutely has been buying bulk fodder. But what ratings are you guys looking at when you're looking at your fodder? Does that does that depend for you guys, or? Uh, are you covering the whole basis of, you know, 83s, 84s, 85s, 86s, 87s, 88s? I haven't really followed 83s, 84s very much. And really, I haven't followed 85s because I feel like 85s have kind of stayed closer to the floor, if you know what I mean. Like they've stayed around, you know, 7.5 to 8. And there's not a whole lot of price fluctuation in the in the 85s. And I feel like 86s have steady movement 
just enough to satisfy my needs for trading. So I, I'm laser focused on 86s, but I'm also looking at 87s and 88s. But once the 88s went from, I mean, if you were listening to the, the calls we made in the uh, sponsors lounge, I was calling for people to buy 88s for, for 20K or under 20K the week leading up to all of this content. And if you had a transfer list loaded up of 88s, you were rolling in the dough. Uh, the problem with that is, is when you list them for lazies and the content moves as fast as it did, you know, you list them for 25, 26, 27, and you're thinking, oh man, if these sell, I'm rolling in it. Well, right. they went for double, you know? So it's like, yeah. you can't nail it at the top. You can't nail it at the bottom. The best thing to do yeah, take is to find something you're satisfied with and stick to it. Yeah. Um, you, you have to have your conviction as they call that in like real life. Yes. Have your convictions yes. because to the point though, if you keep waiting to time what you think to what Paul's talked about, Paul's not going to trade, not going to change his, his uh, strategy, given the fact that if you start trading and changing, you're going to get burned and everybody hates to get burned more than they, than they like to, to miss out on a couple extra K. Yeah. And what we saw with 88s is basically like the equivalent of real life markets. It's like, like an acquisition basically, because the, the shares quote shares of 88s literally doubled in a matter of minutes. So you can't see those things coming. And that's why I, I try not to apply too many real life market terms and, and, and I guess methodology into the foot market because it's too easily manipulated. It's too easily swayed either by EA or the market itself. But uh, yeah, focus on a particular group of players, understand their price points. And you mentioned times earlier. I always try to buy after content from like 7 p.m. UK Till about 9 p.m. UK is like the best buying window. And then if anything sells between then and the next day, that's a bonus. I don't plan on selling anything until about noon UK is when the prices really start to kind of tick up. Everybody's awake. The whole world's got, you got more demand on the market for these cards. And there's less supply because all the packs have been open the previous day. So I usually sell early morning in the US and I buy afternoon, evening in the US. Yeah. Um, you were going back to uh, fodder rating. I try and sort of have a look to see what's coming and I think what rating are they going to require for this SBC because this year, um, like with the the Hero, they required 388s and uh, we've had it with 86s, we've had it with 85s. Um, when they're requiring a specific rating, two or more cards in the, the actual SBC, um, cards have... You know, you've absolutely nailed it. Cards have gone have gone wild. Um, so I like to buy a spread around the rating that I think is going to come. So if we get a you know a base hero that might be one eighty seven rated squad, um, or an eighty six rated squad, and it wants two eighty sevens. I'll buy some eighty sevens, or um, or a lot of the time it depends what's cheap. Like at the moment, I'm not buying eighty eights, um, but. 85s got really cheap the other day. 86s got cheap yesterday, so I bought a few of those. Um, so I just always have some ticking away on my transfer list, all sorts of different ratings, and also some in the club as well, just in case I want to do an SBC. Yep. There was so much demand for 88s on Friday that you could have bought the 90-rated inform of Tony Cruz for like 15K cheaper than the gold 88 version. Which is insane. It, it doesn't make stupid sense. Stupid people are. You it's doing very stupid, SBCs. but it's yeah. But why would you? It doesn't make sense. It goes to show how much they're reliant on filters on footmen, because they'll be searching by rating. 
So filtering down to 88s and probably doing rare golds, not including informs, because you could have bought, and I sold 88, I had a few of them on my transfer list, um, 88 rated Kevin Trapp inform for like 50k, which was double what I paid for them, so sweet. But that was their, their price ceiling, so I couldn't have sold them for more. But regular gold 88s were selling for more than that, so it was cheaper to buy informs, like you say, paying a little bit more, and you could have got a 90-rated Tony Cruz for 50 to 55K. is It's crazy. So don't over-rely on your filters too much, and certainly don't think that when you, you're buying cards for these SBCs that you should restrict yourself to just rare golds because sometimes they're as high-rated fodder from different promotions that are going cheaper than those goals are like we're seeing in the current market. Yeah. I mean, there were some live cards, some live 88 rated cards that were cheaper than your cheapest 88 gold card, which doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. So find a player that is at least 88 rated gold and just do a player search and price search that way. Don't, don't restrict yourself. Like Matt said, we, we kind of got sidetracked there on that chat and we started talking about the market in general though. The original question was about, trading on a budget, training for inexperienced traders. So yeah, essentially the easiest, most risk-free way to trade at the moment for the lowest amount of coinage in terms of your exposure is gold cards, position change, and if they have a chemistry style applied to them, go crazy. I do it for the big nations, stuff that's in the World Cup, sells all day long. Um, certain countries have wide players that are relatively low rated that are still super popular and viable in game like Anthony, uh, Osman Dembele. Do some searches, work out what the sort of base rate they sell for on the market, so not buy it now, what they sort of go for on bid. Try and snipe some on bin or on bid for slightly cheaper than what you saw it sold for. Sell it for one or two thousand more than that and profit, rinse and repeat. It's, it's very tedious. It's very boring. There isn't a single tip we can give you where you're going to get a 50k profit flip for little or no risk, unfortunately. So if that's what you're after, it's not going to happen. You have to be prepared to put a little bit of time and effort into it. But it's relatively easy to make a decent amount of coins for the relatively low, low risk at the moment with those tips that we've given you. And then, of course, we've just spoken about stuff at the higher end as well, which is higher reward but the risk is also a lot greater so you just have to be careful about that yeah and another easy way to make small chunks of coins in mass quantities is obviously consumables there's always money to be made in consumables if you just look hard enough like right now i just had a look position change cards themselves at about 57 minutes remaining you can buy them for 1700 coins which tells me okay i can probably snipe some of these or mass bid on some of these for 1300 coins and probably win some of these. So you do that, you flip 10, 20 of those, you make a nice profit. Then you can go buy other cards that cost a little bit more, flip those and get that snowball rolling. And once you do that, uh, to me, consumables is always a great place to start if you're trying to build a solid coin balance. Um, Wise, do you dabble in the consumables market at all? I actually, I dabble in the consumable markets right around the weekend league time, usually. Uh, and so what I mean by that is probably you know, either right after division rival awards on Thursday through Sunday is when I like to find that because people are in either a pinch and they're like, okay, switched up my team. Need either, to your point, position change and or apply chemistry style that's solid. Why I'm doing that is because I'm usually the one that's doing that. You know, maybe I go three and two in my first five games and like, oh, this team's trash. Time to sell them. Matt Meta wasn't working. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> 
But I, I will say that it's to keep in mind as well when you're trading on a budget, it's already definitely stay in places where you would be using the items that you're looking at. Matt made an excellent point about the Anthony and the Nibele. The position changes are always needed. And if you want to dabble in either some chem styles or I guess maybe some managers, I haven't done this as much, but it's still a very useful part of the game is you got to stay places where people are going to be looking. Otherwise, you're just going to be frustrated by limiting the people out there that are demanding your card. Yeah, that's a good shout. You know, just whatever you're doing in your own foot game, just mimic that in the market because if you're doing it, chances are there's quite a few other people trying to do the same thing. Popular nations, popular Kim styles, position changes, whatever. Also too, if you don't have anything to list, the rare gold contracts, they do sell. You can list them for 450, 500. And yeah, it might take a few times to sell them, but if you list a hundred of those, cause I mean, who, who, who doesn't have a club full of those right now? List them on the market, just refresh them. They'll sell. Just in the meantime, you know, while you're waiting to buy other stuff, that's just passive ways to make more coins. Anything else from anybody on this front? Well, um, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, consumables, bits of stadium stuff. Um, you know, if you can, if you compare it and the, some of the sort of stadium colored stuff, uh, 700 coins listed for 1400, they'll sell eventually. Um, you know, if you're not a trader, you've got space on your transfer list, like I said, just sell all the shit that's in your club that, you're never going to use because somebody at some point will buy it. Club badges, all that sort of stuff. Good stuff. Kits. Yeah, my my buddies also love trading kits. They've sadly limited the amount, but if you're looking for kit trading, you got to go with like the silvers. The silvers are the best kits to trade. And if you think that if you're just on there, you're like, oh, I want to learn some fashion. I want to learn a little foot market action. The the silver kits are the best. What was the silver kit last year? Wise that you were sporting yeah. that. The Venezia. Yeah, the Venezia kids, bro. Oh my God. Beautiful. But they're like, I think, a non rare gold this year. So everybody should rock them. That club is sadly in a tough spot. They might get relegated to Serie A, which would suck. But hopefully they, they pull it out so we can get some silver kits next year. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of pulling things out, you know who didn't pull it out the other day? Oh, no. It was England. Ah, yes. We, hmm. look at, oh, silence. silence Dead silence there. over there. Isn't it amazing how um, how you boys can turn it on against England, but who did you play in the first game? Wales? Wales. You didn't yeah. give a shit about beating them, did you? Well, It's like we everyone did. tries just... harder against England. You're so fucking lame. It's like <laughs> you are the Joe Cole of international football. <laughs> Mm. Well, that's a good that's a good thing you mentioned that because uh, we had a question that came in from one of our dear listeners, a very Cole. good friend of mine, Taschenmacher, oh, Taschenmacher from Germany. And I think this one's directed at either Paul or Metz because he wants to know, how does it feel coming from a shithole country that has never won a World Cup ever since you've been alive? Is that even a, is that even like a, a, that seems like just kind of a statement, classic, classic German delivery mm. right there. <laughs> This sounds like a very anti-Brexit question, and I don't get political on the podcast, I'm afraid. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something like, how does it feel coming from a nation that hasn't won a world war since you've been alive? Or one of those, we love Ooh, any, well, any, any, Oh, any, 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 that's the retort we were looking for. <laughs> no, the well, United that's States actually where the, uh, yeah. that's where the, the replies went in the Discord, is, is exactly what you said, Wise. It went toward the, the world war champs 
to, to Matt's point, you can't get. I will say it was the United. If we're staying on the United States England game, it is just two managers that should not be managing the crop of talent that they both have. The fact that you guys kept the rigid shape and let the United States get the bulk of the chances when you had clearly the advantage on the wingbacks was was baffling to me. Oh man, thank thank God Gareth Southgate as he is. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, the, the, I thought we were going to get destroyed, and I still think we could have been destroyed. I also think that England played a smart game. They played the game where, worst case scenario, I'm going to draw. I'm not going to lose this game because if we draw, we're still through. We're going to put the pressure on the United States to go out and beat Iran, which... That game is going to be wild. That might be the yeah. game of the whole World Cup right there. If we don't beat Iran, we don't deserve it, like Wise said. Agreed. I will say I ran it decent, man. That's not a gimme. It is interesting though, because on the same front, it's not like English boys and the Welsh don't have some history, and that's going to be a tough game because the the second place team in our in our group plays France, if I'm not mistaken, like or the winner of of their group, and so it, it matters for England to to get a result against against Wales as well, because that I don't any, nobody wants to play them right now, even though. They aren't maybe as good as 2018, but a lot on the line for these last uh, these last games. And this will sound ever so slightly ignorant coming from me, but I think if you if you stop Bale, you stop Wales, and England should be good enough <laughs> to uh, deal with a dilapidated Gareth Bale in his current stage of his career. Quite frankly, um, the USA at least are quite athletic. I mean. They get around the pitch pretty well. Uh, the Welsh ain't going to do that, so it's going to be an equivalent of a top-end Premier League team versus a very low-end Premier League team. So most of the time, England should win that game. Mm-hmm. No, would be- That's a, a medium championship team at best, Wales. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, the United States wins that game. Not, I won't say comfortably because Wales looked better in the second half, but we, we threw that game on a, on a bad tackle from a MLS defender who has been all right during the World Cup, but tried his best to let you guys win the game too with some of the passes he played out of the back. But uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. They, Wales is, is not the team that people thought they might have been. Yeah, not until the playoffs. <laughs> right. No, <yeah. laughs> I feel like the United States is one flagrant tackle in the box away from, from locking up second place, but who knew? Yeah, I would say though... This comes back to the last several major international tournaments where we've seen England kind of look brilliant and struggle at the same time. I think we're probably one of the worst teams in the world to play at a nil-nil footing, basically. We we really struggle to break people down, at least the first time. Once we're in the lead, then we're dangerous. Yeah, like what happened with Iran. We were looking terrible until we scored, and then we just ran them over. But getting the first goal under the way Southgate likes to play is extremely difficult against teams that play a deep, deep block, two banks of four. We can't do it, and he won't play the most creative players to do so from the beginning. So I agree that that's the thing. You leave you leave Foden on the bench. You leave Trent on the bench in a game where both of them could have they don't need you don't need Trent to defend in the game against the United States you really you really don't and Foden on the I mean Sterling looked like he was literally a Tyrannosaurus Rex not just how he runs he also played like one 
and uh, it was it was not good. I, yeah, you guys have good problems though. If that's the thing where it's the selection is the issue, that's a good one. Mm. The one good thing we've got is that everyone said our defence was going to be a big problem before the start of the World Cup because of what's been happening with Harry Maguire at United. But he's he's always been brilliant for England, and he's and he's looked and continued to be very good. He saved you guys in the well. game. Yeah, he was probably your best player against the United States. There's a couple on the a couple of corners, a couple of little balls in the box that he that he dealt with very well. He's a hundred percent got the confidence of his manager, and the team is set up to accommodate him very well, which Man United do not do. So it's like two different players, really. But sorry, Hunter, you want to move this one on? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to to Ecuador because I don't think anybody saw them coming and doing what they've done so far. I mean, they've played toe to toe. I mean, they dominated Qatar. They made me some money on the first game. Yeah, I mean, they dominated Qatar, and then I mean they. They just look really good. They look super hungry. I know I mentioned them last week on the pod too, but I didn't expect them to be tied for first uh, at this stage in the groups. There will be some people that have watched the South American qualifiers. I believe at one point they were top of the uh, of the South American points until they uh, until they drew down towards the end and barely beat out Chile. But uh, they they do have they they got themselves a nice little team. People love them. Brighton's got like half their team. I was going to say, this is the sort of country that Steve Bruce, when he was the manager of Wigan or Sunderland, would plunder for like below one million pound talent and just make a living off those kind of players like he did with um, Antonio Valencia and I'm sure there's some of us as well, Hugo Rodolega, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah those South Americans. Yeah. Even yeah, when they've he bought, produced I, good players. Even bought like Oviedo from Costa Rica, if I'm not mistaken, for, uh, for the Sunderland boys back in the day. It might have been him, it might not have been. Sorry. I think that was Moyes, but but yeah, point taken. It's a hotbed of talent down there, so it's all good. A little change of subject. I've just noticed we've got a Busquets with a little pace upgrade at content. Mm. Mm. Man, did he look good? How much? How much of a change? Who do not love... Um, oh, we got a Zielinski. Nice. It's one of my favourite cards in this game, so... What did we think about the um, the new icons? Did we like the new icons? With the um, some weak foot and skill move upgrades? I can't believe oh. that they, they could buy with, with the actor playing Drugba being white in this uh, in this new day and age. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I saw guys, that too. The yeah. Maldini is currently the in-game player image for Didier Drugba, which is hilarious, but his is the World Cup icon. Did anyone else notice that there's also a weird bug where certain Bond players are completely bald in the game? Yes. Yeah. The scariest yes. thing in FIFA for me was when Rafael Leal was bald. When Leal was bald, he, his player image scan was, was so disturbing. Oh, shivers run down my face. Busquets has got 80 sprint speed, 73 acceleration. Um finally relevant maybe yeah 93 ball He's... control 88 reactions 98 composure it looks a good can, card actually and he can be lengthy on architect that's going to be decent mm. i knew matt would mention that yeah. oh that looks um a very nice card that is going to be good how do we go there's so many options at cdm right now man yeah there is did I tell you I packed Yaya Torre? He plays at CDM for me. 
No, never mentioned it. it. That's just no, Paul. You haven't mentioned it. Why don't you tell Wise in case he wasn't listening the past three episodes? Is Alan Shearer his in-game image? No, no. (laughs) We do have we have a hot take. This is one that's that's newer. We didn't get to this one yet. Uh, Todd from the Discord, one of our one of our supporters, says the R one dribbling meta is so much worse than old school left stick dribbling. Let's go around the horn. Wise, agree or disagree? I can't say I've dribbled too much with R1. I'm still, I don't know if my opinion's valid for this one because I'm more of a pass and play type of player. And I know that's been, that's been kind of eroded with the latest patch, but I will say I didn't, I was, I was a fan of Lester dribbling because my good friends on pro club were excellent at it. So I will say that that's a hot take. Mm. Matt. I don't think I've dabbled in this either, so I'm probably not the right person to comment on it. Um, I think pass and move generally just works fine for me with left stick not being quite as important as it has been in previous years. Um, I also think when you, you receive a pass with your back to the opposition defender, you turn one way and very quickly turn the other. It just frees up space so easily to keep the passing chain going that doing these type of specific dribbles I'm not saying it's completely unnecessary but it's not entered into to my repertoire just yet so uh, I'll take their word for it mm. I think people who are really good at R1 dribbling with cards like Messi um, mm-hmm. I just can't get near in the box like they'll use an R1 and as you're trying to close them down, they'll just drift away from you and you just can't get a foot in. If you try to tackle like I am usually, I'm anyway, I'm usually clambering about trying to chase them um, and just end up being left looking stupid. But yeah, it's definitely a problem for me with guys who are uh, really good at it with, with agile cards like. No, they don't even necessarily need to be that agile, to be honest. Are you the guy in the game that has like 47 tackles at the end of the match? Only 47. Okay. Enough I'm said. A, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the tackle spammer. I don't really find the R1 dribbling, and I don't know if he's being sarcastic or not. He says the, the R1 dribbling meta is so much worse than old school left dribbling. Like, um, I'll use R1 to change directions, like to, to make a quick turn to the right or left, but I find myself using the L1 dribbling more often because it, it allows me to do like what Paul said. If I hold L1 and drift backwards, it makes people miss. Then I can kind of sprint past them. But the issue I have with that is if I don't hold it long enough, I end up sending a center back on a run forward and it really fucks me on counters. I wish there was a way to disable that part of it, but it is what it is at that point. Um, but we'll, we'll move on to the next one here. Uh, again, Tosh and Mocker. The peanut gallery, I guess, if we can say that. <laughs> Mets has absolutely no ball knowledge. Giroud. What? <laughs> were you like, were you hoping? Was this when I said last week about um, not having Benzema and Nkoku and relying on Giroud? Yeah, it probably. probably I think that's, yeah. it's all well and good when you're playing pickleball teams in the group stages when they start to play the, the real teams later I think that's going to be a problem so uh, we'll see how that plays out I'm quite happy to stand corrected though Giroud is a match uh, a math meta player for sure so 
this isn't a hating on Olivier Giroud whatsoever. It's just uh, an example of France's um, squad depth being tested to its limits. And yeah, they do have a mm. lot of depth, but when you're missing players like that, it's always going to be difficult when you're playing against the absolute best of the best. Okay. Glad we could clear that up. Dustin says, EA subcontracts out labor regarding writing the code for foot, and that's why we have so many mistakes and errors year in, year out. There's a lack of veterans that guide the ship. It's all raw, fresh, new labor, and the learning curve repeats every year. Mm. I, I, I don't know if any of us know that for a fact, but I think it's, I think it's right. There's, there's, there's no way to, to prove nor disprove the statement, but considering the amount of mistakes, it's either what Dustin's saying or there's just a massive lack of accountability, which I think maybe it's both. Because we keep seeing the same shit every year. Yeah, I mean, I do think I do think there's something to be said by the fact that this has been on the same code most likely for close to a decade, and naturally, in all big organizations, there's probably some turnover. And so, I think there was that big again. This is completely conjecture at this point to put on the tinfoil hats. People have talked about when EA loses the FIFA license next year that there might be some actual revision whether they win it or not, into how they design their game, how the structure of their game can be. And so if they can relook at that and maybe build a better foundation, we should be in the clear. But that also might have just been a deflection of how they take it down the can. And I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. That was like that Twitter thread by, uh, I forgot who it was. Damn, got to pull up the receipts. I, think it might have been mm, I know what you're talking yeah. about, Wise. And it, was, it was in the summer. Dunes and Dragons. Yeah. yeah, it was. Okay, good. It was the Dragons. And I, and I believe he used to work in the technical aspects of, of EA and FIFA, I should say FIFA at EA. But uh, I'd like to hope that there's yeah. something on the horizon, but it does. It would not shock me given the advancements in technology and the turnover that you usually see just regardless at uh, organizations, that there is a, a little bit of a gap. Yeah, I think you're 100% uh, yeah. correct on that yeah. one. And I mean, I know for a fact from speaking to certain insider who is a game developer at ea that there are people there that still work there that originally developed the code so there are still og coders of of fifa that work on the game so it's not like nobody knows what's going on there's i think there's just we say this time and time again the team that they have to develop this game is clearly just too small for the task that they have um but it is what it is because slight digression, I know this podcast is already long enough. If anybody ever wants to watch something interesting, the United States Tax Institution, the IRS, that code is actually known by like one or two people in terms of the digital database code they have. Big issue. Big, big, big issue. So that's a fun little documentary. I can't remember if it's on Netflix or whatnot, but yeah, if we're going into conspiracies like that, take the take a watch. We're going to have to get Alex back on once he gets out of court. Um, <laughs> he's going to need, uh, need the money yeah the last one we have before we wrap up Jason says the game is smoother cleaner crisper since the patch and more balanced with a skill gap again lengthy was always a myth also that's, that's not mm. true whatsoever last part lengthy. last part hot take the hottest of takes the sun basically the surface of the sun but the yeah. how do you, how do you um, feel about that? I feel like maybe Paul, we've been harping on him as the one that's played the most lately. How do you like that patch? I like it. It's a much more balanced game now. Um, smaller, more agile cards actually feel nice to use now, where before they were just 
missing something, wasn't it? And, you know, it turns out it, that um, they'd managed to fuck them up somewhere along the line. Um, and now they've fixed them. So, yeah, I feel like the game's much more balanced. That I'm having issues with defending. Um, Which you should, right? Yeah, you can't get into uh, you can't get into a foot race with your centre backs with like elite pacey forwards anymore. That's just not going to work. But it's it's more people just gliding through me in the box, um, or when I'm trying to make tackles, they're not even making contact and having a rebound. They're just gliding past. Um, but I did see a couple of pros um, complaining about defending since the patch the other day, so that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, as a result, though, when you buff explosive players, you're naturally going to have a harder time in defense. I mean, I've even noticed the difference with that Robbie Keane hero card that I did before the patch. He wouldn't necessarily run away from defenders when you played a well-timed through pass. Now, when you play a well-timed through pass, he creates distance between defenders. So you definitely notice a difference in certain players with certain stats. And it's, it's definitely a thing. So if you are getting beat deep in through balls and, and letting these these guys glide past you, maybe drop your depth a little bit, give them more of a cushion so that you can react and uh, close them down instead of getting blown by. Just my opinion. How good is that card, by the way? What, Robbie? He's very good. Robbie Kane. He's fucking amazing. He's not as good I'm as Isaac I did him when I did because he's way more expensive now. Yeah. yeah. What's that? I say he's not as good as Isaac Traore. Hmm. That's a hot take. Have you played that one yet, Wallace? Uh, no, but I played against him before. Oh, we're talking God. about the Marseille boy, right? That was yeah. very frustrating. That was very, very frustrating. The champion, the foot chance game I played against him. Yeah, I, I still lean on that being the best impact card in the game. Like bringing him off the bench in the 60th minute when the opposition is tired is a game changer. Like no other card I've used in the game. It's so good. I will say that it does give, like a card like that gives you nostalgia back to the Lucina Traore days and foot 12 and 13. So it, as much as I, it pains me to play against him, it's one of those ones you love to use. You should get it. It's cheap. It's like a 20k card. I guarantee that you won't get a better attacking sub for that kind of money. No, absolutely. I I packed him um, and I've discarded him on the bench a few times. <laughs> And he's actually been, I don't like usually like big cards like that, but he has knocked a few goals in off the bench, which, um, and he's surprisingly easy to use, which I can't say that about many of those bigger guys. Yeah, he's also really good as a defensive forward as well, because being six foot eight, his grab range and his interception range is so big that he's really good at winning the ball back, especially if you press further up the field. So if you need someone who can run around, block passing lanes, make interceptions when you're trying to protect a late lead, he's really good for that as well as being a, an obvious attacking threat as well. Great card. Mm. Okay. we got to wrap this shit up. Wise, it's been a good one. Wise, where can they follow you on social? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, plan on getting a little bit more active. I mentioned no spoilers. Finally upgraded the equipment that I needed to do for a while. I've been using eight-year-old stuff. Social medias, it's Wise FIFA at uh, at Wise FIFA with just Wise with a Y. Hmm. Paul? Right foot on Twitter, W R I G H T F U T. Right fucking foot. Amazing. A little stream's coming, buddy. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. 
<laughs> We're getting there, though. We're getting there. Yeah, it's because he's left-footed, really. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. At Lambo Matt on Twitter, 1T or holler in Discord. If you're not in the Discord, click the link. It's free. It's in the show notes. Get involved. Get informed. You can follow the show on Twitter at Footballers Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at The Foot Hunter. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back with you next week for more World Cup content and coverage. See you then. Fuck them red player picks. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.